What's the story behind the story? We'll find out on Dropping In. Our guests are today's original thinkers, conversations that spark new ways of seeing what's going on. We bring it all to the table. Diverse perspectives, controversy, loving, and singular voices. Magically, stories reveal the common threads that link us. Experience the joys, the fist pumps, the detours, and the hard-won truths of those who blaze the trail so that we might do the same. And now, here's your host, Diane Dewey. Welcome to Dropping In, everyone. It's the last quarter of the month in the final quarter of the year. If we've posted on vision boards or visualized new things coming into our life, it's time to make them happen. Here to talk about how she manifested the perfect relationship for her is Carolyn Lee Arnold, author of 50 First Dates Over 50. Carolyn is no stranger to the process taking time. There were two decades as a lesbian free spirit in California, then a decade as a heterofeminist when she was in a seven-year relationship with a man. The common thread was fluidity. Learning about herself as she went along, Carolyn, a statistician researcher by profession, conducted her life as a survey, taking notes on what worked and what didn't. It's a story of finding oneself after her previous relationship ended, the catalyst for the dating project. The result? Ten happy years with her now partner, Jay, who is date number 49 of 50. And this memoir, 50 Dates Over 50, published next week by She Writes Press. Welcome, Carolyn. Great to have you with us. Thank you, Diane. I am delighted to be here. Thank you for having me on your show. And what a great intro. What a great summary of my life. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love that. Oh, you're more than welcome. It, was, it's, um, it is an interesting life. You've been all these things. Uh, and the art makes sense. You, you gained your financial independence not wanting to depend on a man during the years before dating them. Um, and, and now you're in a relationship that um, has taken the best of all the worlds that you investigated. I wondered how you describe yourself now um, as a person, as a writer, an author, a retired statistician. How do you describe yourself? Wow, that's a good question. Um, you just did. I feel like you just described me. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm all of those things. I mean, I, I, I'm, I feel like I'm... Uh, I mean, in my Instagram post, I just simply put, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a writer, I'm a hiker, I'm a partner, I'm a friend. I mean, I'm, um, I have kept my free spirit. I, I'm, I'm independent financially. I guess I'm a feminist. I'm, um, a writer. I, I have, and, um, and then I, I'm an enjoyer of life. I, I guess my goal has always been to have a balance in my life of work and play and, um, and relationships. And I feel like I've worked on that a long time. And I have that. I've had that, I feel like, all along. And I love what I have now, which is writing and a great relationship and a great group of friends and, and a really great writing community, which I mm-hmm. didn't even realize was part of being a writer. And now I'm so happy to be in. Well, I think, you know, you, you mentioned balance and you mentioned working on things. Um, it's amazing to me, you know, uh, there is this trope of a dating saga, right, where the author talks about all the failed dates and how hilarious they were for XYZ reasons. He, you know, he actually mm-hmm. drank his latte through a straw or, you know, nonsense. Um, but you, you really worked at these things. I mean, you worked at this project, the 50 Dates Over 50. You worked on it. And it seems to me that you really are uh, a kind of seeker um, and that you are serious about um, getting what you want and about not having what you don't want. Um, and I, I felt... Um, you know, this is a different kind of book, one that honors each one of your companions. And I wondered, is making yourself vulnerable part of your equation in writing the book, you know, absorbing and learning rather than ranting, um, showing how each person contributed to your learning? Yeah, well, um, yes. Well, first of all, thank you for saying, bringing in the word seeker. I do feel like that's another good description of me. But I definitely 
part of the goal of what I call the dating project was to appreciate each person I was with. And I had learned those kind of skills from the personal growth workshops I'd been in, which is about appreciating people, loving them for who they are, and um, and loving myself in the process. And so I think if I, because I had those skills, that's how I was going to be dating. Um, also, I, the way I set up the dating project was I had this goal of 50 dates, and I, I didn't have to, each person that I dated didn't have to be a potential partner. They just had to be someone I liked who I wanted to experience because my goal was to try to, um, to give myself a broad view of a lot of different types of men. I was breaking up with someone who was very specific, uh, someone I called a Buddhist beach boy, and I was afraid I, want, I would want that type again if I just went out and tried to pick one person. So I was really framing... I mean, and it has to do with being a researcher that I had a goal and I, and I was collecting, I felt like I was collecting information about each person. But, but it was because of that that I had this framework and, and, I, had a, and I wasn't focused on each particular date. Was this my partner? Was this my partner? Which is, a, is a, um, a pitfall that a lot of people fall into dating, particularly older women when we're really ready to have a partner and we might... Um, we, each each date takes on so much weight. Like, is this the one? Is this the one? And I was trying to step back mm-hmm. from that and give myself a a huge um, swath of experiences because I didn't know. I was I, as a researcher, I was doing exploratory research about who, what types I might like, and so I was going to be um, I, I, each person. I didn't expect to be my partner. I just experienced to find out what I liked about them, what I liked about myself with them. Um, really um, exploring how what type of person I wanted, so all that led to being very um, respectful and um, and honoring of the men because I didn't have to think, wow, is he going to be my person? It's like, no, isn't he interesting? Mm-hmm. And this is interesting how yeah. this is working out. So that's where that came from, I think. Well, and you gave yourself. Uh, 50 opportunities in your mind's eye, um, you, you said in the book that 50 was the uh, minimum number for a sampling. And <laughs> so yeah. it's clear that your, your, your work as a researcher, you know, informs the, this dating experience. But uh, the point, Caroline, is, is what you were saying. And, you know, if you have 50 opportunities and you're on number five, you don't have to put any pressure on number five. Um, also, right. because exactly. not just because you're investigating, but because you've given yourself a big, wide world um, of fifty of fifty potentialities. Um, I mean, most of us are stumbling through dating life. Okay, we're we're basically it's leading us. We're not leading it, and we we land upon um, you know someone that we think is fantastic. Um, you know, I'm all for late in life uh, partnerships because you know, somehow they stay very fresh, but you know, the story comes out of how you met the person um, as opposed to how you devised this, this plan. Um, and I, I did wonder, um, since you had this attitude of remaining positive, regardless of what challenge you'd take it on, you know, discouragement when dates didn't turn out right, some disappointment, some loneliness when you couldn't be partnered and it seemed like everybody else was... Um, I wondered, you know, how did the whole process change or strengthen you? I mean, what did it give you? Well, um, what I learned was that I, um, first of all, that I, that my framework for the dating really worked, um, which I'll say in a minute, but I also learned that I am basically a positive, upbeat person. I mean, I knew that, but I know, I know how much that carried me through. I also feel like the framework um, carried me through because the framework of having the goal of seeing dating as a research project and um, and appreciating each person um, and also taking good care of myself during the, the, the dating process, which is a huge piece. Um, mm-hmm. I can say a lot more about that, but um, what I wanted to say is what I learned is that the, the funny thing is I, as I was going through I was totally enjoying it. I thought, this is fun. I'm having a good time. Yes, my heart's getting broken. I'm breaking a few hearts, but I'm moving on. I felt this momentum 
of moving towards 50. And so I was never down for very long, and, and I always had these other dates to look forward to. So I, I, when I got to the end, I thought, wow, I have a really great um, story here. I, I really didn't think of writing a memoir until I was done. And then I, when I did, I thought, I have a great story. I'm going to write it and share, because so many of the women my age I saw were not enjoying dating. And I was enjoying dating, so I thought, well, why don't I write this story just to show that one can enjoy dating? And I read, and then I, so I wrote it all out. I wrote all the 50 dates out, and then I read it. And then I thought, oh, my God, I got rejected a lot. I, this, is, this, is, this is a sad story. <laughs> this is not a happy story. And so I, I realized that how much that momentum had helped me and how much my optimism had helped me. And, and I, mean, mm-hmm. I, guess I think they, they fed each other because I set it up in a way to, to be optimistic. So I, I, I basically learned that, um, that, I could, I could, um, that, that I could do that, that I could, that I could set, set this type of a goal and, and, and still... And, and I also learned how, how, um, how, good, how well I did at taking care of myself. Um, like, mm-hmm. like just, you know, I had a circle of friends... Um, to to lean on, but I also did a lot of affirmations with myself, uh, a lot of affirmative self talk. I gave myself baths. I, you know, I held my cat. I I cried a lot. I did cry a lot, although I cut out some of the crying in this book. It was a little much, but but um, it's okay. I did the basic self care things, and 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 which sounds simple and easy to not do, and but I did that, yeah. and I realized how much that helped. Well, you were part of the project, and it wasn't going anywhere without you. Um, I, I think you know you mentioned it's something that you know we if we all looked at our dating history, you know we would realize we got rejected a lot. All of us would because we're failing mm-hmm. forward. That's how come you move on right. to that's fifty percent right. at, at least of the chances of why you move on. Um, you've been rejected or dumped, or you know the thing hasn't gone anywhere. Um, and I I, I just. Uh, I, I did give you a lot of credit. I feel as though it's probably given you some sense of self-mastery to set out a project like this, accomplish it, um, and, you know, come out of it with the relationship that you wanted and, and continue to enjoy 10 years hence. Do you think this kind of approach is for everyone? The book is coming out in a week, so we don't know yet the whole response, but What's been the response among your women friends groups? It's it's brilliant in some in such at some level. Um, do you think it'll catch on, it, or do we not know what to expect? Well, well, first of all, I really uh, um, I'm putting out this book as as a lot of like I, I think of it as a collection of a lot of great ideas about dating that anyone can take mm-hmm. take what they like and leave the rest. And I don't expect. I'm, I'm not saying everyone should follow this path that I did. Uh, um, there's a lot of qualities. A lot of things that people can use, ideas that they can use. They don't have to go on 50 dates, but they could see dating as research. They can go on dates and be a little more objective, a little more distant, and, and more, um, more evaluative about the dates. There's lots of little things people can take away. Um, people Absolutely. who have read my book so, um, so far are, who are love, that, love that I'm positive, love that, I'm, um, that I went after what I want. They love that the book is sex positive, that, that I'm modeling being an older woman and being sexual. They love that I'm portraying um, just how dating really is. Um, and also that I also I have a pretty alternative lifestyle and I'm writing about that. And so people are, mm-hmm. who, whether or not they're part of that, um, are intrigued and like getting a glimpse. I'm basically giving people a kind of a glimpse of the Bay Area, New Agey, personal growth workshop, spiritual ceremony crowd. And that's mm-hmm. interesting to people if they're not in it. Um, if they are, they're liking what I write. And um, so, well, so I see it. I mean, I see my book. My book is kind of three things in one. I see it. In one sense, it's just an entertaining dating book. It's a story. It's a great story. It's girl, girl wants boy. Girls, girl, girls, girl goes after boy and finds one. <laughs> um, but it's mm-hmm. also, but, but the dating process, as we've been talking about, is full of a lot of great ideas, I think, that people could use, and they can take the ones that they would help for them. Um, it's also a, a book about an older woman being sexual while dating, which a lot of us are, but not everyone admits that. And so I thought it was important to, 
to put that there out. Um, and, and, and people are responding well to that. So, I mean, people who don't like that do not like that. <laughs> but when, we're not comfortable with that, but people who do are really appreciative that I've written that. And then the other thing is the glimpse into the alternative culture, at least here in the Bay Area, a little glimpse. So it's got a lot for everybody to, 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 to like. A lot of my married friends, they're not looking to date, but they are entertained by the book, and they're entertained and intrigued mm-hmm. by the book. Well, I think there's also a way, um, you know, you mentioned being valuative, I mean, approaching things objectively. It does help even in a partnership or a marriage to say, okay, I'm looking at my partner in this different way. And also, Caroline, you had the way of um, going around and seeing what the other person's point of view might be, why he might be thinking these things. I mean, you were very, I think, evaluative and um, in your, you know, statisticians, researcher brain, pretty objective and it's a very kind of healthy um yeah healthy kind of way of looking at things uh we have a couple of minutes before a commercial break i appreciated your openness very much there's a whole lot of sex in this book i mean if really if you want to open yourself up to sexual experience i would say read 50 dates over 50 Mm -hmm. it absolutely does open us up to another world um for those of us that are not polyamorous or for those of us that are not experiencing what I would call sex in a public way. Um, but I, I did want to ask you, you know, a lot of people do consider, I mean, this is not voyeuristic. I thought there was a lot of material to just understand the point of view. Um, but I, I wondered, you know, just in the minute or so that we have, a lot of people consider sex to be, you know, kind of private. Um, your sexual history is is now going to be out in print on, on November 4th. And I wondered if the community of shared sexuality that you've experienced, groups for pleasurable touching or sex party, sex parties, you know, has it helped you prepare for the exposure that you're just about to experience? Well, I definitely, I, it's two things, Diane. One is I feel like, yes, I'm, I'm being very brave to put this out, and I've done a lot of writing and reading about being brave lately, because, um, but it's based in, I, I have an early history of being a, basically a sex educator at the Berkeley Women's Health Collective when we were doing self-help vaginal examinations and show, show, um, teaching other women to appreciate their bodies. And, and so I believe in sharing information about women's bodies and women's sexuality. And I felt like mm-hmm. I, I wanted to, I feel strongly about doing that and telling the truth. I mean, I could have set, cut those sex scenes out and made it a more PG book, but I Oh, no, no, I didn't. no, no, no. <laughs> okay, good. But, but yeah, well, that's, that's how I feel. I feel like that's, that's what happened. I, am, I do feel I'm being very vulnerable by putting that out, um, and I am counting on the fact that, that, that's, that, that I'm contributing to the culture of, of sex-positive um, messages, and that's what I want to do. Yep. It's educational and it's enlightening. So, um, for a moment, Thank for you. this moment, we'll we'll leave it at that. But we'll take a commercial break, and when we come back, we'll continue talking with Carolyn Lee Arnold, author of Fifty First Dates After Fifty, a memoir. Don't go away. We'll be right back on dropping in. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. She Writes Press is an independent publishing company founded for women writers everywhere. Together with sister company Spark Press, serving men and women, it is both mission-driven and community-oriented. The aim is to serve writers who wish to maintain greater ownership and control of their projects while getting the highest quality editorial help possible, traditional distribution, and an in-house marketing and publicity team. In 2019, She Writes Press was named Indie Publisher of the Year. You can find out more on SheWritesPress.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Dropping In with Diane Dewey. We'd love to hear from you if you have a question or comment about the show. 
send us an email to diane at dianedewey.com. That's diane at dianedewey.com. Now, back to Dropping In. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Carolyn Lee Arnold, author of 50 First Dates After 50. If you're married or single, it's a valuable book. There's a lot of investigative uh, sort of, I would say, explorations into criteria. What's my criteria for a partner? Um, how can I elicit that? What do I want in myself um, to be able to be a good partner? Um, I think, Carolyn, you just, you kind of had to find out for yourself um, who you wanted to be, who you wanted the other person to be. And as you said before the break, you, you really view yourself as an educator. That's why, you know, these sex scenes are incredibly valuable. You document your own experience of learning from them. And I know a lot of listeners, you know, will, will have heard us sort of skim over in the introduction that, um, you know, you, you, were, you did experience a couple of decades there for, uh, while you were with women, and um, not that it's a natural progression. It's very logical, you know, the way you describe it in the book. Um, then you sort of migrated to men. Women represented a kind of security for you, a kind of a home base. Uh, men were kind of going out like on a on a bit of adventure. Um, how, how do you uh, you know? It, you made it seem so easy the transition, and I wondered: do we just make too much of these kinds of fluid passages in our culture? Do you think? Mm, um, well, actually, the the whole story of why I became why I identified as a lesbian and and my years as a lesbian, which were eighteen, and then why I decided to go back to men, are the subject of my second memoir. <laughs> so it's a long story. Oh, is, is that, uh, Yeah, but... Um, so, no, it was, it's not easy. It's not easy. That was actually very fraught, and, of course, it had to do with... I was um, identifying as a lesbian in the 70s, in the days where you had to choose whether you were a lesbian or straight, and being bisexual was not very popular. I think I am naturally bisexual, and so I was able to choose, and I didn't see women as comforting. I saw it more as exciting. It, it was more exciting to be a lesbian in the 70s than to be straight. It was, we were at the cutting edge of cultural change, of feminism. We were, we were you know, creating women's spaces, and what would a woman be with, without a gender role? And, and um, so that's, it, it was more the excitement. And, and also, I have to say, um, maybe it is some sort of comfort. I went to um, a girls' high school and a women's college, and I was used to all women's spaces. But I definitely chose the lesbian community as the more exciting choice. I think I, I, I said before I like a life of balance. I also like an interesting life. I don't like to be bored. And men were, I have to say, in the 70s, a little boring to a feminist mm-hmm. because they were still a little sexist and they were um, not quite along, coming along with us at that moment. And, and the women were taking off. And so it, that, the, the whole move into um, being a lesbian was very exciting. In fact, one of the possibilities for a title titles by book is who wouldn't want to be a lesbian? Because mm-hmm. it's just, it, it was well, so exciting. Yeah. Um, what, what was a lot, very fraught, um, and, and the, the long story short is, I felt like I never found the right woman. I, I looked and looked, and I felt like I would have found been a great woman partner, but I never found the white woman, and maybe I also didn't have the relationship skills at that point. All of my relationships were only two years with women and then later with men. So I don't know what would have happened if I had better relationship skills. But um, the uh, really in my 40s, when I was realizing it wasn't working out for me with women, um, I, I started... I actually started a new job at a community college and noticed all these men my age who were very interesting and and um and mm-hmm. uh, not boring and and complex people and I realized that the men between um our twenties and our forties had grown up and were now great people yep. to want to get to know. And so that's mm-hmm. you know, that's how I I, mean, I was pulled back into the heterosexual heterosexual scene. And, and actually had to develop heterosexual friends because all my friends were lesbians, and that that was a big that was that was a little hard to do from scratch. I had to create new mm-hmm. sets of friends. Um, um, mm-hmm. Let's see, but what I wanted to I think that's incredibly was, valid. The yeah. the whole point about the evolution of 
of men being, you know, coming, coming into a point where they finally were exciting. You mentioned this, um, your, your second memoir. I have a, just a, a blurb um, that says that uh, you ha- it had been published in Noyo River Review. Yes. Is that true, a or little, is there to be a second one memoir? Scene. Oh, just one coming. Just one oh, just scene. One, scene. Okay. one little story from that. Mm-hmm. I had started writing. Okay. I started. I written the first draft, and so I had a few scenes, and I that I that became there. That was there. Um, that oh, was that's, actually that's totally cool. That's, that, uh, well, that I'm pulling my the head into the ring before. of. Um, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but um, you know, you, who wouldn't want to be a lesbian? I think that's a fabulous title. I mean, just in the sense of you know, you look at your. You look at your female relationships and your kind of um, your squad, you know, and your network and your group that supports you, and you think, oh my God, well, I can totally get it. Um, but you know, when you did um, find yourself at the community college and these interesting men had, you know, evolved, um, you you were attracted. You 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 that was an mm-hmm. authentic response from you. That that you know that you 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 did have that yes. that sense and. Um, I wondered if you had felt, and not yourself necessarily, because you were, you have described this in fits and starts about the transition isn't easy, but I wondered if you got external pressure too, you know, you, you have to decide or you have to, what, what happened to your lesbian values or, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of tagging that goes on. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, well Actually, I, I got that all along because in the middle of my lesbian years, I also was attracted to men and actually started a relationship with one in the middle, even though I was still calling myself a lesbian. So I got a lot of backlash from my lesbian friends from that. And I just want to say, I, I, um, I want to step back and say, because I, my body is bisexual, I felt like I could choose. But that's not true for everybody. And I didn't want to say everyone can just blithely choose to be a lesbian and and for the people who are who are lesbians and don't have that choice or or straight um i just want to honor that and and now we know it the whole thing is much more of a continuum than we thought then but mm-hmm. um i just i just want to say i in a way i had a, a um maybe even a privilege of being able to go back and forth and and that being bisexual was not valued that at that time even though i have bisexual friends and I at the time I wasn't brave enough to declare myself bisexual that's what was going on and 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 also I had this very um higher value of of being a lesbian feminist I just really believed in that and wanted to be that it was kind of an identity that I that I really wanted to have so it was all wrapped up with who I wanted to be and I really wanted to make that work and it just didn't and I did keep being attracted to men and yes I I did my lesbian friends gently they were the ones who gently suggested that I needed a new set of friends. Um, I couldn't keep like, no. bringing my new boyfriend to their party. <laughs> like that. Like that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it was sad. It was hard. Well, it, was it was heartbreaking. Of... Anyway. Yes. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. I, I well, that was the time I mean, of... Yeah. It, it was the time. <laughs> yeah. It was no. the time of... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it was well, the time of, of, I mean, of I... binary solutions, right? Like you it, just it either was. or solutions... Yeah, and now we're a lot more non-binary. A lot more. And and right now, if I was then, I mean, we didn't have the word queer then. I think I would now describe myself as queer just because I love that umbrella of being able to be fluid and open and to to different people, and but not quite, not not confined to one one thing, and not straight, basically, not just straight. So, um, well, yeah, it was a time. The, yeah. Yeah, it was a time. It was a time context, but there, you know, a lot of the prescriptives, um, you know, they're kind of formulaic. Like the one, if you don't mind being, uh, you know, there's a sensitive issue in the book, which I thought was really thoughtful of you to explore, and one that um, any woman of any, you know, identification, I think, will be able to relate to, which is, what if your sexual preferences? Um, fly in the face of feminism? What if you enjoy submissive um, sex or mm-hmm. even, you know, have, have um, you know, surrendered or being dominated? Do we have just too much in our head, Carolyn, about what should and shouldn't be? How did you reconcile these kinds of contrasts? 
Well, there's in any group, there's definitely always been, um, shall we say, rule keepers, and that, you know, like, feminism needs to look like this and stuff. But even early on in feminism, you know, early on in lesbian feminism, in the 70s at least that I knew, you know, I think we first all thought we were going to be androgynous and have very loving, um, equal sex and relationships. And then a group of very rebellious lesbians started the, 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 the publication On Our Backs because to not off our backs, which was another feminist newspaper, but on our backs because they wanted to make the sense that the, the point that all sex was fine, all types of sex as a lesbian was fine. And, and, and so I've kind of been, um, I, I, I've recognized that, that I, I see that in myself. And, I, and so whenever I feel like I'm doing something that maybe I feel ashamed as a feminist, um, I, I try to expand the definition like, I just always remember Gloria Steinem saying when she turned 50 and people said, oh, you look so good for 50. And people said, well, this is what she said. This is what 50 looks like now. And I say, this is what feminism looks like now. Um, this is what mm-hmm. um, a, a, a positive, um, healthy, sexual, older woman looks like now. I love trying to expand that, that, that view, that definition, and that, um, that image. And so I, I feel like I'm, I just try to keep keep it expanding in my head and yes i it took it it's not like that it happened overnight i i had to go through a while of feeling um some of the things that i have in the book were think not things i could talk about for years and so it took a lot mm-hmm. of um um a lot of years of being with um sex positive people i i, I now i i have to say i'm really my set of friends and community who many of whom are in the book i love and i'm so glad i found because it's, and that's what mm-hmm. I also wanted to show in the book that there are such communities for people who are feeling isolated and feeling maybe ashamed of who they are or who want more um, in their life. That there are these places that that people are doing wonderful, happy, um, positive, spiritual, sexual, sensual, um, playful things, and feeling honored. Um, I wanted to show that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what an important message, Carolyn, in terms of the pandemic, too. Um, just the sadness around not being able to, you know, touch and be communicative. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's so important. You you know, you're in the Bay Area, but, you know, I, I, I think it's changed. Don't you, that there's this, this kind of experience could be found. You did just a little bit of digging. And, and as you say, it's more about being sex positive, accepting who you are sexually, what mm-hmm. that may be, um, and whatever that may be, and that being sex positive, do you feel as though being sex positive in a way actually is a core feminist value? I mean, to say this is oh, what yeah. I am. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, I'm thinking of myself as a young feminist in the Berkeley Women's Health Collective, and we were um, we were teaching, I think we had some mov- early movies of, of, of sexuality, um, both a heterosexual and lesbian and uh, maybe bi and we even had a film about um, we were all in our 20s and we had there was a film of an older couple making love and we were always so amazed by that some kind of, and they were probably just in their 40s or 50s <laughs> um, but, but we were expanding the definition of what um, women's sexuality was and so I feel like in a way I'm continuing that I'm, I'm honoring that early um, Im- impulse um, uh oh I just realized something my music came on, and I can't turn it off from here. Um, no worries. Um, We're going to take a commercial break in a few minutes, so you can leave it on. Okay. It sounds very nice. Okay, yeah, good. Not okay. a problem. Um, um, okay, great. I, I really, um, I, I think, okay, I, I, you know, I, I just want listeners to know, um, before, the, before we do take a break, that 50 dates over, 51st dates uh, after 50, um, after age 50, uh, that is, by Callan Lee Arnold, is a fantastic, um, it is a survey, right? You've got some totally sexualized gentlemen in there. I mean, you've got, um, you know, in some ways you also, I think, practice self-care, correct me if I'm wrong, but you practice self-care by maintaining um, physical relationships with guys that were satisfying to you, sexual relationships, Mm -hmm. while you were dating um, other men, because, look, what if that didn't pan out and... You know, you you were you were craving that satisfaction, that sexual exploration, and the and the sense of touch. Um, I mean, I consider some of these ongoing relationships that you had, physical sexual relationships, to be part of your self care 
as well. They were. Thank you for pointing that out. On my part. Yes, I, definitely. Okay. I was consciously, I was conscious of, of what I thought of it as having a lo- having lovers who were going to be ongoing while I was dating. So I didn't have to put pressure on the dates to be sexual. And mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm an mm-hmm. older, I'm, a, I'm, I'm used to being sexual. I'm used to being in a relationship of some sort and sleeping with someone. So I knew I wanted to keep on being sexual. I didn't know how long this dating project would last. And so, um, picking a few men as my lovers who were not going to be my partners for various reasons. They were either younger or they had another partner or they were not quite right, but they were great for, as lovers, and they did support me all along. It was great. Very cool. Well, um, as I mentioned, we, we need to cut to a commercial, uh, and then we'll be back uh, to talk more about also loving, but also self-love, which um, can be tough. Mm-hmm. And I, I do... Um, you know, much is made of, of loving ourselves first in order to be able to love. But I want to talk about it in terms of loving oneself fully um, and Great. versus completing yourself through through dating. And I can't think of a better expert on that than our guest today, Carolyn Lee Arnold, author of Fifty First Dates After 50. Don't go away. We'll be right back on Dropping In. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Books Forward exemplifies excellence in book marketing and promotion, representing New York Times bestsellers, national award-winning books, and books that catch fire on social media and in the digital realm. Books Forward creates ambitious campaigns with unlimited possibilities for sparking buzz while creatively cutting through the noise. Your book deserves to launch with experts who have set the bar in the industry. To learn more, visit booksforward.com or send us an email at info at booksforward.com. A JKS Communications Company. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Dropping In with Diane Dewey. We'd love to hear from you if you have a question or comment about the show. Send us an email to diane at dianedewey.com. That's diane at dianedewey.com. Now, back to Dropping In. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Carolyn Lee Arnold, and she is a statistician researcher by profession uh, and, and applied some of this uh objective criteria to her dating life in order to uh, manifest the kind of relationship, Carolyn, that you, that you wanted. Um, I really appreciated uh, an aspect of the book, self-love, the work that you also put into that. It's, 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 it's all too common that um, those of us, you know, of this generation experienced very critical parents or a parent, um, you know, it was a generation that wasn't psychologically aware. So, you know, that we didn't have the kind of parenting that would have fostered, let's say, empowerment. So you had a lot to overcome. And the self-love, it, again, seemed synchronized to finding, um, to finding the right relationship. Um, and and how, how, how did you work through to getting to that point where you weren't looking for a man to complete you and you, you, really, you really did the deep dive into self-love. You know, just talk to us about that, if you would. Okay. There's a lot of parts of that. Um, um, I, I want to say three things. One is um, I have to say that my years as a lesbian gave me a lot of um, confidence in my, in my ability to take care of myself separate from men especially financially. So, but when I emerged from that with a career and graduate degrees and a, a, a career I loved and um, the, the means to buy my own house, and um, I, I felt that's when I actually started dating men. Um, I, that's when I felt like I didn't need a man. I didn't need one. I just wanted one. So it was pure want and not, I, I didn't need one for financial security. So that was important to me, and I had kind of consciously 
made sure that, that that's, I, that's how I wanted to live my life, not dependent financially on a man. Um, but the, in terms of self-love, first of all, I just want to say, we, I don't believe that we can go into a room and say all these affirmations and, and, and start loving ourselves. I think we need to learn self-love in reflection from other people. We have to be around loving people who are loving ourselves. And as you said, if we don't have parents who loved us or gave us really positive messages, we need to reparent ourselves in some way to get those messages that are usually in our heads that are critical to replace them with positive messages. And there are lots of ways to do that, but I really recommend finding a community of people who are very positive and loving and who are consciously doing that because otherwise you're going to be around people who are not consciously doing that. And the solution for me was to, to, to go to some personal growth workshops that happened to be in the Bay Area and actually all over the country. But there, there are a lot of workshops like this that you could go to that teach um, appreciating yourself, loving yourself by learning to appreciate other people. So we do a lot of sitting around and um, listening to each other and then just affirming each other and then telling each other what we appreciate about each other. So I got a lot of people telling me how I went in there feeling actually not very good about myself because I hadn't been able to find a partner and I hadn't, um, I felt, I just felt critical of myself and, and I felt like I was doing something wrong. And what I got was a lot of loving, supportive people saying, well, look at all these great things about you. And, and over time, that kind of sinks in. And, learn, and that we, you know, we just did exercise after exercise of appreciating each other and finding the good in people. And that helped me in dating, and it helped me in me, and it, so it sunk into me. So I just wanted to say that as an overall context for, for self-love and self-care, that you know, I don't think we can do it in isolation. Um, and then, mm-hmm. then I did specific things. And so with that as a context, the things I did do help. I, I feel like, um, for, um, first of all, I was keeping a journal for myself because I, since I was single, I was, uh, that was the best place I could write down my feelings about every date and, and what I was feeling So, and, and trying to work out what I was feeling. So I was having a dialogue with myself both the good and the bad of the, about the dating and trying to support myself. And I, in my journal, I would do affirmations, affirming, you know, if I was rejected, I would write myself a little love note. Um, and, and I realized that I had to do this myself. I mean, I, I, my friends could help, but I, I had to also, it had to come from me, the, the loving myself and picking myself up after rejection. And then I would have conversations mm-hmm. with my heart. Some of those are in the book about how to, you know, my mm-hmm. heart got hurt a few th- times. And so I talked to my heart and reassur- reassured her from my, my part of myself that's very loving. I, I reassured my heart. Um, and so I do feel like affirmations and, and conversations do help with, in the context of having a supportive community. You know, there's, there's lots of other self-care things. There's the physical things you can do for yourself, taking baths, your pet, you know, watching upbeat rom-coms, um, things like that, or, mm-hmm. and crying. And, um, um, and, then, and then there is reaching out for support and being, not being afraid to, um, to ask for support from friends and, and, in my case, lovers. And even my ex-boyfriend was actually ended up being one of my supports in this process. Mm-hmm. The thing about dating is it's a long-term project. It's a pro- project and you have to build in support. But, um, but that's... Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's how I feel about self-care and self-love. I tell you, I think the thing that you brought out about it being an exchange and surrounding yourself so that you're actually hearing it from the outside, because we're human, we're social, and um, we're social creatures. Mm-hmm. We need to have... It's, it's, we're organic. It's not, we're not self-contained. So I think that I think that that's a brilliant point. Um, as are many of your points, I think you're going to end up, <laughs> Carolyn. You're not going to be able to go to a party anymore without being asked for advice on relationships <laughs> or oh, sexuality or something. I mean, this is going to be a game changer for you. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> fifty first dates after fifty. You might have thought you were a statistician. I, you're going to end up being a counselor. Don't worry. Oh, Either, no. Uh, officially. <laughs> I know. I, I, know. Was, um, I was purposely not trying to write 
not, not trying to become a dating coach. I actually have, just so you know, I have dating resources on my website of, of coaches I trust and organizations I trust for people to get support around dating because I didn't want to be a dating coach. But, it, yeah, it turns out I have a lot of dating advice to give, <laughs> which I'm freely giving. Totally. But, um, totally. Um, and it's Carolyn Arnold, Car- wait, Carolyn L. Arnold, um, Oh, dot com is your website. Carolyn Lee, the whole thing. Carolyn Lee Arnold. Carolyn Lee Arnold, yes, okay. Um, because yes. they're also in the book. I have to say there's also resources in the book, uh, which I, I think, you know, you, you know, you are a practitioner of using supports and uh, resources, and one of them you mentioned is workshops. And one of the workshops that I fixated on um, time and time and again reading the book was, okay, wait a minute, I'm back on non-sexual touch because there is a workshop that, you know, or they're, they're not just workshops, they're actual social encounters where you practice non-sexual touching and you are a self-proclaimed um, toucher. You need physical contact. Um, so I really wanted to explore this idea. I mean, we, you know, a lot of us bumping along just think of, touch leads to sexuality. What about yes. this notion of, of non-sexual touch? How does that work for you? Well, that, that's the great thing if you open yourself up to different types of touch and, and kind of normalize that. There's so many things we can do, and I, I know that the sex a little bit pops out in my book, but I also have lots of examples of non-sexual touch. One of the... Th- um, I mean, the workshops I went to, we were very big on hugging and hugging in a safe, respectful way. And hugging, of course, is a great way to get touch from your friends and and your lovers. Um, The other one is face stroking. It's amazing if you just sit with someone and stroke their face and know that it's not going to lead to sex, but just stroke their face as a way of honoring someone, of honoring their beauty and their spirit. that That can be so nurturing and soothing to just have someone doing that to you or doing that to someone else. Another one is if you're comfortable, I mean, these are, these are examples from my book. Um, some of the men I just, I was not sexual with, I just cuddled with all night because cuddling is so, and cuddling doesn't have to be all night. It can be just for, you know, an hour or less. But just cuddling and just feeling that warmth of somebody and, and doing that with but either friends or dates or lovers um, to just say, I just want to be cuddled. That's, I just want to be held. Um, um, the other great non-sexual touch to me are hot tubs. I mean, they're, it's not touching mm-hmm. someone necessarily, but it's just, you know, getting that sensual feeling. Um, the other thing I did was I went to these wonderful contact dance things, kind of a, a dance. There was a, there are a lot of dances like this in the Bay Area, but um, one of them, but they're all kind of open. You just go and you dance by yourself. But, the, but then some of them are contact dances where you kind of rub up against people in a non-sexual way, a purposely non-sexual way. And you just kind of slink around and to slow music. And you, it's just very nurturing. I, I did that for a while when I was... I, I actually called a little halt to dating in the middle of the project. And I was just going to these dances for touch. And, and that was so nurturing. Um, Mm-hmm. And and sometimes when I would just walk around with a date, uh, some of the dates, I'm um, just taking somebody's arm, just holding hands or taking their yeah. arm, just a little contact. Mm-hmm. Um, um, oh, yeah. and then the, there's one, and, or um, I like my, I really love my feet rubbed, and there is a date that is entirely one of stroking my feet, <laughs> and so yeah, um, fantastic. And, and it's, I mean, we it, we it just saw a culture where we're yeah. Yeah, it, it wasn't, is what you were going to say before I rudely interrupted. We, we've just no. got a couple of minutes till close, and um, I did want to, you know, we live in this culture where we are just far too untouching. I mean, you go to other countries and you see women arm in arm. You see men arm in arm mm-hmm. um, walking mm-hmm. down the street. Um, you know, look at the look at the horror. Look at the Jewish dance of the horror where, you know, you dance and you link arms and... Uh, you link arms in a big circle. I mean, this is all <clears throat> stuff that we've lost, you know, that we kind of need to retrieve, especially as we emerge, hopefully emerge. Um, and I wondered, though, we've just got these few minutes left, and, and, and that's sad in and of itself, but you know, one of the catalysts for your 50 first dates uh, after 50 is that you broke up with someone. Um, the catalyst mm-hmm. of coming back, of resilience, of coming mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. something it was an unwanted breakup, but, you know, it, it enabled you to go on this search, to go on this journey 
Um, and through it, you found your voice. You found your ability to, to speak up for what you wanted. I mean, the big loss didn't turn out to be the big loss, did it, Carolyn? Right, right, I, right. I, I, and, and actually, that's one of the things I was conscious of showing in the book also. I, I was terribly sad about breaking up with Peter in the book, and um, but knew we couldn't be together. And... Um, and and I've, I, that sadness remained through a lot of the book. And I thought that was pretty realistic, that sometimes it's very hard to let go of someone that we really love deeply. And even though we know it's mm-hmm. not right or they, are, they think it's not right, it, we keep pining. And so there is, it, we need to be able to hold that also. There's a grieving, there's a sadness, but there's also a moving on. And I think I launched myself into this project a month after um, he left um, to go to another country. Um, in order to keep myself going, I mean, if I had just stayed there with the grief, I wouldn't have gotten very far. I would have been pretty sad. It would have been not a very good life. And 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 so I needed to move on. Um, but yeah, it does take a certain yes. amount of persistence and and resilience. But I found the resilience in in moving on. I mean, it, it's not it's not like I had resilience and then just could do this. It was it was in the it's it's this always lessons. Always, we always need to learn, but in the doing, we move forward. In the doing, we learn. In the doing, we, yes. we find the strength. It's, it's action. It's, yeah, it's taking, it's kind of taking control. We are just delighted, first of all, that you have found this wonderful man, that you enjoy mm-hmm. what I'm sure he feels as though he's found you, Carolyn. Um, <laughs> and, and just an amazing we, woman and author we of both this feel book. Lucky. And we, yes. It's it's lovely, and, and you're to be commemorated both for the book and for your 10 years together um, in happiness. Uh, thank you very much for being with us. Carolyn Lee Arnold is the website. And thank you very much to our engineers, Matt Widener and Aaron Keller, to our executive producer, Robert Cialino, and most of all, to you, our listeners. Remember to stay safe and do your research. Till next week, thank you for dropping in. Thank you so much for dropping in. Please join Diane Dewey again next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you then.